you know, sometimes listening to the whispers and listening to those nudges don't always have a an answer. It doesn't always give you what is the next step or what is the next thing. But sometimes listening, even when it doesn't make sense, can make all the difference in the world. And listening to something that didn't make sense saved my husband's life. Taking an opportunity to think a little bit more clearly about where you want to go. And to your point, you don't always get the answers that you think you want. Yeah. But you always wind up in the place you're supposed to be. That's exactly right. Exactly right. Funny. Hello, and welcome to the Fork in the Road podcast. I am your host, Kathy Galloway, and here we share stories of women forced to choose between leaning into an invested career in corporate America or daring to venture into an unknown path. I've got something of a special episode for you today. It's a double header. I want to share a wonderful conversation I had with a dear friend, mentor, mentee, and partner in crime. Hello, I'm Toria Frederick, CEO of Hatch Venture Group and co-founder of The Stepstool Chef. I'm a mom of two mini moguls and I am a self-proclaimed spa connoisseur. Tori and I have been on a parallel journey for the last five or six years as we've both built consulting businesses and passion startups. In this episode, we talk about the ups, the downs, and how we've been there to support each other through and through. I get a chance to talk about my own personal story that so many of you have asked about uh, and also talk about Toria's and how our experiences have paralleled each other in so many ways. So listen for our insights on intention, support systems, and just having somebody to laugh with. I hope you enjoy it. Toria. Here we are, finally. We've been talking about this podcast and recording this episode forever. I'm so happy that um that that you are my my go-to. We've been through so much together. So it is perfectly perfect that you would be the one to help me share my story as you share yours. We have so many parallels. Uh, and honestly, this is gonna feel like any one of our regularly scheduled calls at 11 o'clock at night or or 10 a.m. in the morning to just talk about life. That's right. That's right. But I have to say that I'm proud of you because this is a big idea. And I know that this has been on your heart and your mind. And so I'm so excited Mm -hmm. that you're doing it. And I'm even more excited that I am doing it with you. So thank you for Mm -hmm. having me. And thank you for letting me uh, tell my story and help share your story with the rest of the world. So Mm -hmm. I love it. I feel like we're so official here. We are so so official. I told you this microphone makes me feel like I am official and I need to change my voice but yeah let's go for it (laughs) okay okay well let's jump in because we got a a bunch to cover across both of our stories so let's start with your side um Mm -hmm. let's talk a little bit about the pre-world of of where you were what was happening in your life that kind of led you into uh into the fork in the road Sure. Uh, well, I uh, depends on how far back we want to go. I mean, I can do a quick uh, background of the fact that I'm originally from Florida. Um, I went to uh, undergrad in Atlanta, Georgia, where I was a in-rose intern. I don't know if you're familiar with that program, but it's a program for talented minority youth who are um, being placed in the pipeline within corporate America. And so I had a four-year internship with them. And I ended up um, going and uh, working full-time with GE for a number of years. And shortly after 9-11, I got laid off. 
I had a great career there and I never thought in a million years that I would do anything other than work for GE because where I came from, like success was mm, getting the good job. Mm, exactly. And GE yeah. was, was perfect. And so when I got laid off, it really kind of put me in this new space of how do I carve out my own uh, career uh, when I don't have inroads or GE to fall back on. And so I ended up, um, deciding to start my own business then that was actually the first time I don't know if you know this yeah I, I remember yeah, that's right yeah I had mm-hmm. um, avid consulting mm-hmm. I was a nonprofit and a small business consulting but I started that kicking and screaming I didn't want to start my own business it was just a means to an end at a particular time because there were a few opportunities but it was also growing because it allowed for me to get clarity around who I was professionally so that led me to deciding that I wanted to focus in on marketing because that became my niche within the small business and uh, nonprofit world, which is marketing. Uh, Fast forward, I decided to go back to business school because I had never been officially trained in marketing. And so went to business school, got this really great internship with this company called PepsiCo Frito-Lay. Never heard of it. Never heard of it. (laughs) Yes, yes, exactly. And and so had this really great experience, um, met this beautiful curly-haired girl named Kathy at that time, who um, was just starting uh, leaving UT and uh, met some wonderful people there and, um, and kind of built my career from there going into marketing because I didn't want to be in the same situation I was when I got laid off from GE where I didn't know how to present myself professionally. Mm -hmm. And so it was my focus to kind of become uh, a subject matter expert on something. So no matter what happened in my career, I can always have that to lean back on. Mm -hmm. And so PepsiCo, was a great foundation to become, you know, marketers. You were around these world-class marketers and did some really cool and fun things. And um, I uh, began to uh, create and craft my own path within Frito-Lay where I was helping the organization uh, create new ventures um, and create new opportunities for growth. And I became really good at it. And I became a passion for mine of mine. Excuse me. And so um, from there, I uh, was able to start getting more clarity around beyond marketing. What is my, you know, what's my passion? What's my purpose? What's my focus? And um, kind of had this, uh, what I call the the voices kind of tap me on my shoulder and said, you know, maybe it's time for you to to look into something new Mm. and to, and to evolve past, um, past, this path that you're on Mm. on right now so let's talk about that for a second right let's talk about um what was it that was happening at frito what was happening in your in your career and in your life that would have said to you i need to start thinking about something else what were those things well i mean if we're going to have a a real conversation we, are we <laughs> uh, do we have a different conversation do we, is anywhere else anywhere that's else? all we well, do <laughs> well it was, I mean let's just be honest it started um I had every intention to stay in corporate America for a while um you know it was growing my family had uh, my first child my son and um was tr- you know moving up the ranks you know moving up the professional ranks within uh, corporate America, but there are many, many times during my experiences where I felt um, overlooked, 
um, and undervalued. And, um, and I think, you know, now hindsight 2020, I think it was a combination of, of me not knowing how to uh, own my own voice, um, as well as the fact that we have an opportunity within corporate America to make sure that, um, you know, women of color um, aren't overlooked and undervalued. So I think it is a great opportunity to, um, to, to acknowledge that many of us have had those challenges. I mean, Kathy, can you relate to that? Yeah, I think that that's, that's a, gr- a great place for me to maybe start talking a little bit about my story, because that's where I think you and I start to merge and, and the way that we think and feel and what got us to the fork in the road. So for me, m- my story starts back um, <clears throat> probably with uh, working at uh, Nextel that was later purchased by Sprint. Uh, and I had the opportunity as a, as a member of the operations team, I was working on the operations side then, <clears throat> I had an opportunity to be part of the launch team for what is now Boost Mobile. Uh, and at the time, prepaid wireless was, wasn't really a thing. It was something that was brought over by a team from Australia, actually, that came over and brought that to the organization. And then they launched that formally. And now it's a, you know, a large player in, in, in wireless. Um, but I was on the launch team as somebody in operations. And I had the chance to see what marketing looked like. I, I was watching the person who I am now on that team and thought to myself, that's what I should be doing. That's the kind of work I want to do. I want to do the strategy. I want to think about the consumer. I want to think about the language and communication. And that led me to get my MBA. I went to UT to get my MBA uh, and eventually found my way, um, as you did, at PepsiCo and at Frito-Lay, which is is where where I met you and, and was so I'm so thankful now that we had the opportunity to meet. You're such an important part of my life today. Um, however, as you've said, right, the the experience at, at PepsiCo is one that I say all the time has been one of the most important um, experiences in my career. And that has shaped the, per- the kind of person I am as a, as a strategist, as a marketer, has shaped the kind of person I am, really pushed me in ways I never thought that I could be pushed. Yeah. Um, I talk a lot about, about, um, we still talk about our, our times and what we've learned and we still go back on all of the things that shaped us, who we are as marketers, but not just as marketers, but as strategic thinkers, right? A hundred percent. Such a, such a strategy driven organization, um, that really formulates the way that, that we, I think we look at the world and we think about the world and not just us. I think there's a, a large network of PepsiCo, uh, family and we all share that quality. Um, yeah. You know that if you're going to work with somebody who who has some history in in the PepsiCo universe, that's a strong person. You know yeah. you're going to get quality work and and that stays with us. And so, you know, in in more ways than not, I am very thankful for the experience that I had there, and I I wouldn't trade it for anything. Uh, and yet, I found myself really struggling being there. Um, you know, my, my personality and my way of approaching business, um, is not exactly compatible with the culture of PepsiCo and unfortunately with many organizations. Um, and, and I just, I found it difficult. I think many organizations like that, especially ones that are really driving to high performance, 
um, thrive people who are driven by um, progress in their own careers and sort of motivated to move up the chain really thrive in that. And I think that's fantastic for people in that um, in that way, it just wasn't a fit for me. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, I, I I struggle with networking. I struggle with speaking up for myself. Something you and I talk about all the time of yeah. promoting ourselves and yeah. kind of being being vocal about ourselves is is difficult. Yeah, and I struggled with that. It was it was hard. It just wasn't quite a cultural fit. And um, and then then the babies came. <laughs> that's right. I know. And Which I think, is so funny, right? I know. And I think that's a big part of what I meant by like, okay, there's an opportunity for us to have our own voice, right? Mm-hmm. And to be comfortable. But it's also a challenge because we were young at that time. Yeah. We, we still are young, but mm-hmm. we were younger at that <laughs> right. time. And I think it's a ch- challenge for any young person um, to know who they are professionally and can communicate it Absolutely. as confidently as you need to. Um, but I think it's a two-way street, right? I think there's Absolutely. an opportunity for corporate America to find out how to connect to people, um, uh, particularly those who are high performers yet overlooked or, or, or undervalued. And so I think there's a balance of that. And so when you are in that situation, and I say that because um, more and more women of color are going into uh, entrepreneurship for that very reason, because they weren't able to um, connect in the corporate spaces. So there's a lot of corporate uh, entities that are losing amazing brain power um, because that relationship sometimes feels so strained. And so um, I think that's what uh, you and I have in common. I think that's what a lot of, of women of color have in common. And so we look to entrepreneurship or we look to something else to try to figure out how to to get beyond that, particularly when you start having the babies, right? So yeah. you're, you're young, you're starting your career, you're building your family. And so all of these things are converging and fighting against each other. And 100%. so I think it's a challenge to figure out how do I find my voice and my place in all of those, um, particularly when I feel like I'm in an environment that isn't really right for me. Yeah. And I think that's what I've heard, right? I've, I've said many times uh, in this podcast uh, that so many women have reached out to me over the years to sort of to understand what I'm doing and, and whether or not it's the right move for them. And that's the theme that keeps coming back. As you've said, especially with women of color, I just don't feel that this place is a right fit for me or whether corporate America in general is a right place for me. And I, and, and you're right that, that that's being lost somewhere, but at the same time, I I, I do think that there, there's a place for some people there. There are some people who thrive. I know we have peers that we were working that were in our classes and our cohorts at, at Frito who are doing phenomenally well, have become, gone on to become CMOs and CEOs of, of other organizations and, and they thrive in that. And that's, that's wonderful. I think that's great. Yep. That works for them. There was a little bit of a different path for us. So I think for me, you know, we started talking about the babies that that's really where things changed for me. I, I had my two daughters, my first daughter. Uh, and then I decided I just, I, I want something else. I want to have a little bit more control. My husband and I purchased a small business. It was a small mail center, like a UPS store, but it was a family branded. Um, and we owned that for about a year until the 2009 um, economy crashed. At that time, I was I had my second daughter, who is now 11. 
And and again, as I said, that's when the uh, when the when the economy crashed. So shortly after, um, we sold the business, and we luckily we were able to get out of that business before the economy got too bad. Uh, and then I went back into corporate America, and I found myself at two other com- actually three other companies after that. Um, one where I got laid off, another one where I had to leave because the the working conditions just were were terrible. It was a small business where there was a really an abusive CEO, left that company willingly. And then in the third company, I was laid off again. So it was sort of a string of companies where it just wasn't working for me. But I want to go back because, you know, I want to, there's something, because I know about your story. <laughs> I want to talk about that, that moment and those moments of when you were in corporate America before you left and did the small business. Like, what was that voice? What was that moment of, of saying, okay, I want to try this small business? Because, I mean, you were always talking about, hey, I feel like there's something more. I feel like there's something more I should be doing. And you were thinking entrepreneurship was that thing. And you did the small business with your husband. Talk a little bit more about that. I think there's something more. And that feeling of trying that first step of a small business and it not working out. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad that you pointed that out because um, I'll say as a preface that some of our other guests that, that will hear on the podcast talk about pursuing a passion or a dream of something they had, whereas others uh, just wound up somewhere else that was a better fit for them. And and I make it a point to talk about that, that there isn't always a passion. There isn't always a thing that you are going off to chase. Sometimes it's just about the right fit for you. And I think that's where I was in that place. And and you know, and you, you know that as recently as yesterday, we probably talked about my desire and my need for finding this passion, right? And when I say a passion, I mean a thing that is driving you beyond beyond income and, and personal success. There's some emotional connection to something. I'm still searching for that. And we, we can table that for a different podcast. In the context of leaving corporate America the first time and the second time, Mm -hmm. I really was just searching for something I could own, something that I could control, something that felt like it was a better fit to the kind of person I was, the way that I wanted to work and operate in the world, that I felt that I had the flexibility of my schedule and the kind of work that I could do. Um, And that is really what I think was driving it for me, that I felt like in corporate America, there were all these other players that were controlling my universe, that were controlling me and controlling my direction in the world. And and I was ready to move past that. I was ready to chart my own course and let, let my vision and my desire for my own version of success be the one that dictated where my life went. And I think ultimately that was what was driving me. I, I certainly could not have articulated that to you at the time, right? Yeah, no. We I, talked I think, about it a lot and never but, in that way. But that's no, and what I was think it. that's I think that's so spot on because that's exactly what I was dealing with, right? And so, you know, I was um continuing down the path. I had uh, matriculated up the corporate ladder and um, got into some really great um, roles within the organization. And in corporate America, the more senior you get, the more 
the less control you have mm. over your fate. Um, you have to go where the opportunities are. You have to go where the company needs you. And that may or may not be in line with what you're great at or mm. what you're passionate about um, or how you want to build your career. And um, I wanted to, I think I had that same need of wanting to figure out how do I be the type of professional that I want to be? And at the same time, how do I be the type of parent that I want to be? Mm. And I was open to what that path could look like. It didn't necessarily need to be entrepreneurship, but it found, I found that entrepreneurship was the best path for me to carve out my own path versus being responsive to what, you know, corporate America was needing me to be at that particular right. time. Who do I need and want to be? I was trying to uh, figure that out. And that's kind of how I started on my entrepreneurial journey. Yeah. So let's pivot to talk about, you know, the, the difficulty of that. Cause that all sounds good and great. Yeah. Love this idea. Right. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Let's do that. That sounds great. However, there are some hurdles there, right? We, yeah. we have a family to care for. We, we, you know, we have to provide some income. We do. That's right. Have, we are a we dual wanna, income household. A hundred percent. And, and right. we want to protect our own success, right? I mean, we, we are both type A personalities. We want to have our own success in, in rightfully so in the world. And so, you know, we're, we're not thinking about just quitting and going to work for Walmart. Not that there's anything wrong with being a Walmart cashier, but that wasn't in the cards for us. There was something more we wanted to do. So here you are, you're thinking, I've got to find a new place for myself. What were some of the things you were debating? You're thinking about being an entrepreneur and then start to talk a little bit about where, how Stepstool Chef started to be that little nugget that, that bubbled up. Interesting. So um, I don't necessarily know that I automatically went to entrepreneurship. You know, when I started having that, uh, that, that nudge, I call it the, um, the, the, the small whispers. Right. And mm, I think it started yes. before I, um, I think it started around when I got pregnant with my second daughter. Um, oh, not my second daughter, my second child, who mm. was my daughter. Mm. Um, and it was this notion of, um, you have accomplished a lot so far in your career. What do you want to accomplish next? And does it need to happen in the in this environment? Right. That that was start. That's what it started out. It wasn't like, mm -hmm. let me. I have this passion to start my own business. It was, where do you? What do you want? Because I spent a lot of time thinking about what I didn't want. I don't want to experience this and I don't want to do that. And someone asked me, what do you want? And I spent a lot of time trying to evaluate what that was. And I literally wrote down, how do I want to experience my day to day? You know, I wanna work with small, smart people. I want to um, focus on long-term growth. I wanna help companies and help people make an impact. I wanna be a potential uh, cheerleader, cheerleader of potential. Like I just started writing down what it is that I want. How can I define this urge and these voices in my, in my spirit? And um, I consider myself a champion of great ideas. 
if I hear or see a great idea or I see potential in a person, I want to do everything that I can to help make that idea come to life. And I was able to do that a lot in my career um, at PepsiCo. And that was the thing that I realized that inspired me. So I was like, how can I do more of that? And so I started looking and seeing what other roles were out there, not only within the organization, but also outside of the organization. And um, I found that that voice got louder and louder and louder and just said, you know what, it's time to move on. So I actually left without a strong plan, which is so weird for me because I am a planner, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know, but I just saw that there was this opportunity where I needed to step away for a moment so that I can hear those voices louder and get more clarity on my own. So when I left, um, you know, people are, so what are you doing? What are you doing? And I'm like, um, I'm going on to my next adventure, right? That was the only thing I could articulate at that particular time. Mm-hmm. And so, um, I, and I say leaving was like the stupidest, best decision I had ever made because what ended up happening was because I left, we were able to, um, we, we started doing things on a personal level to get ready for that transition. One of which was uh, all of our healthcare checks, right? Because mm-hmm. all of our insurance was under my insurance at the time. And because we did that and we did this extensive healthcare check before we switched health insurance, we found out that my husband had prostate cancer. You know, sometimes listening to the whispers and listening to those nudges don't always have a an answer. It doesn't always give you what is the next step or what is the mm-hmm. next thing. But sometimes listening, even when it doesn't make sense, can make all the difference in the world. And listening to something that didn't make sense saved my husband's life. Mm-hmm. That, right? because- that's so good, right? That's so powerful. And that's, that's actually come up a lot in the interviews is... Um, I, I spoke with one of a guest about the the pause that happens be- in, in a breath, right? It, between okay. an inhale and an exhale, there's this moment of pause and of, of really taking an opportunity to think a little bit more clearly about where you want to go. And to your point, you don't always get the answers that you think you want, Yeah, but you always wind up in the place you're supposed to be. That's exactly right. Exactly right. Funny. And so a lot, right after leaving, you know, I was in that in-between, that pause. Like I didn't have a place to go to, um, but I had just left something. And then that it was in that in-between where I was actually able to spend time with my husband during that time, you know, Mm -hmm. through through his doctor. I was able to go to his doctor visits. I was able to help him evaluate um, all of our options. I was mm-hmm. able to be there um, during that whole week while he was out. And to be completely frank, I probably wouldn't have been able to be right. present, right. not just there, but right. present. Mentally present. Mentally and emotionally and spiritually present with him during that time, had I still been working. And right. I wouldn't have never have known that. Um, you know, it, I couldn't have planned for that. And yeah. so, um, yeah, it was, it was hard because I mean, these are lucrative careers, great opportunities, um, great golden, golden handcuffs, right? Golden handcuffs, et cetera. Mm. And exactly. And so it had just so happened that, um, things lined up for me where I was able to still maintain, um, you know, have a, have a, um, income or at least have a savings that I could lean in on, um, 
that allowed for me to 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 take those moments to take that pause so I um I I I didn't have a plan and and then not having that plan that actually freaked me up like I said to be there for my husband and so once we got past those um those points and those moments um I was able to start thinking a little bit more clearly about what it is that I wanted to do. And that's when I realized entrepreneurship and doing it on my own was the right thing. And that's when we actually started doing a little bit of developing what is now called the Steps with Chef. Yeah, which I know we're going to get into a little bit more because that in and of itself has a nice long, <laughs> long story. Yeah, yeah. A lot of ups and downs and, and twists and turns. And, and uh, but let me talk a little bit then about my pause, because I think my pause yeah. happened over the course of three or four years. Right. Uh, right where I, I left Frito. And, and for me, the decision, um, it was a difficult one. However, both my husband and I seemed to be pulled right into entre- entrepreneurship um, early on. He was eager for us to get into a small business. I was eager to get out of uh, get out of Frito-Lay and, and try to figure out what was a better fit for me. We bought this small business um, and ran it for a bit. Again, the economy uh, did what it, what it was going to do, whether or not I wanted it to do to do that. Uh, then I wound up at the, the three other companies I talked about a minute ago. That entire time, I think from, from small business to back to corporate America to working at a very small business of, of 40 people, and then finally at the last place that, that laid me off the, lo- the last time, I think that was a, a transition period for me that was very difficult, that it was mm-hmm. um, me trying to just figure out, well, you know, I know that the Frito-Lay thing wasn't right, but all of these things don't seem to be working either. <laughs> keep trying, keep trying, and none of this is really doing the trick. Um, and and it was a tough time until finally, um, you know, I got to the end and and got laid off that second time. I think, like you, I was lucky in that the financials were working themselves in my favor be, yeah. between severance packages and, and being at, at those companies and having saved up and at that point gotten rid of debt, which as you know, for people of color straddles us for a long time coming yeah. out of college with, with all these credit cards where you bought a stupid leather jacket that you never <laughs> wore or whatever it was you were doing. Right. So getting through all of that in those few years really sort of set me up to say, okay, Kathy, what is it that you really think that you want to do? And and how do you get back to um, something that feels a little bit more under control? And, and as I was saying a minute ago, like you've said now, there wasn't some passion that I was going after. I, mm-hmm. I didn't say like, I, you know, I'm an artist. I'm going to go paint. This is what I'm going to do with my life. There wasn't something like that that was driving me. So for me, it was about going back to what I'm good at. What, mm-hmm. what is my strength? What is it that I can offer the world that I feel I could start doing right now in a way that allows me some more control? And for me, that was becoming a contractor and doing just just baby steps into let me just go and help other people do what I know I can do well uh, and hope for the best. But that even that decision was very difficult for us as a family, as, a, as opposed to going back to another corporate job and, and getting the benefits, getting a salary. Mm-hmm. You know, we had to have some tough conversations about what what makes sense for us. We're still a young family. We're still trying to uh, have this long-term focus on generational wealth and knowing that for in my family, 
I was earning, even at my first job at Frito-Lay, I was earning more than most of my, the people in my family had ever even thought they could earn, right? It's a, it's a, mm-hmm. a community mm-hmm. of people who are- We need are, to see you be successful. Yes, that's a, a great way to articulate it, yeah. at least in the way I had put it on myself. That's right. right? You Nobody's felt like you had to that. carry the burden oh, yes. of the torch of success. 100%. For the rest of your family, yeah, yeah, immediate and and expanded, right? I'm, right? Certainly, I'm not the only one in my family. It's not that story. I'm not the only one in my family who's done what I've done. But but there's a few group. There's a small group of us among among this family that that immigrated from the Dominican Republic, uh, you know, 50 years ago or 60 years ago. So. So there's a lot of that of kind of emotional weight and all these decisions to be made. And, and honestly, looking back on it now, I think it was really just a leap of faith uh, that I decided I'm not going to get a job, I'm just going to go try to get some contracts and do a little bit of contracting. And I got lucky, I got lucky that it was a little bit on the upturn, the uptick from the, the downward spiral of the economy and people needed some help and I could reach into my network. I know we need to talk about this incredible network that we have in PepsiCo oh that my has, has yes. done so much so for us. well, yeah. Um, but that really was the, the, the final test and, and it was not that simple. I think it feels I know simple. It wasn't because because I want you to talk a little bit about how did it feel after you did this first business venture uh, with the mail center, right? Mm-hmm. And saying, okay, I gave it the old college try. Yeah. I'm owning my own business. How did it feel then to say, I'm going to try it again? Right? Yeah. I think what was really, well, I shouldn't say at the time, I didn't, I couldn't have articulated this. Looking back on it, um, the experience was humbling in that um, I really wanted to do that. And honestly, if I could like be a waitress or a shop girl for the rest of my life and like serve people and 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 make the kind of money I need to make for my goals, <laughs> I would totally do that. I mm-hmm. loved being in that kind of service role, but it wasn't financially a fit. And of course the economy went down. And so leaving that felt a little bit like, a failure in the entrepreneurial sense, like, man, I really wanted to do this, but clearly I don't have what it takes or it's not the right fit for me. I got to go back to corporate America. And that was disappointing. Um, But again, reflecting back in a way that I couldn't at the time, that wasn't the right kind of entrepreneurial path for me. Again, thinking about being a contractor was about thinking how do I do this in a way that is authentic and, and valuable to me in a way that I can bring something of value to the world? I know how to be a marketer. I know how to be a strategist. I am good at that. I can get paid for that. <laughs> There's a symbiotic relationship there I can exploit. Uh, and that was really important, I think, to finally kind of make that choice that I'm, you know, I'm not going to open up a restaurant. I'm not going to go, um, you know, start selling whatever trinkets. That's not what I do. I'm a marketer. Getting back to that really made all the difference. Um, but it was still scary to your point, right? You're, what you're asking is you failed once. How did you get the courage to do it again? Yeah, I don't I, know how I did and, it. And, <laughs> and that's, and that's the thing. And that's the reason why I wanted to bring it up because it's not easy. It is a series of picking yourself up, right. Mm. And falling and trying something and it not working and trying something else and it not working. Right. And then the thing that you were trying so hard to make work, 
when something did come through, it had nothing to do with all the effort that you just put forth. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I think about for me, so I finally, after, you know, um, a few months of, of, you know, in between leaving and okay, now I'm ready to, to get back out there. Um, I was trying to figure out, okay, well, who am I and what value do I bring to the table? Kind of very similar to you. What Mm -hmm. am I really good at? And um, I remember trying to use this as an opportunity to tap into that great PepsiCo network, right? And I uh, did all this outreach and I started working with people and have great friends and everybody was like, yeah, as soon as an opportunity comes up, um, we'll let you know. Well, it was silence for a while. And so finally I tried this new technique where I sent out this big email and because you know the feedback I was having was, well, no one knows that you're available. So make yourself visible. And so I did this, you know, email distribution and um, literally moments later, as soon as I uh, sent out that email, I got an email from someone who was wanting to work with me. Hadn't even Mm -hmm. seen. Mm -hmm. (laughs) They hadn't even seen the email that I had sent. Um, But um, it was just that moment that I was ready and they were ready and things just fell into place. So I say all that to say, which is being an entrepreneur is like, part hard work, part magic, and part, you know, walking in the dark. Mm-hmm. Um, because you will do a lot of things and make for make a lot of effort to some things. And sometimes those efforts will pay off. And a lot of times it, it feels like it won't. And you're wondering, well, why did I do that? Right? So if it's working and starting a new business and it not working out or reaching out and going back into corporate America and getting laid off yeah. again, or you know, trying to get this new client and not hearing from them. Sometimes that works out and sometimes it doesn't. But a lot of times when it doesn't, you always have to continue to move forward and walk forward in the dark. And I think that was the biggest lesson that happened because for me, I was thinking that as soon as I left, you know, corporate America and started my own company and walked out on faith and doing all the things, listen to the voices, I thought just all of this great stuff was going to happen. Like, you know, mm-hmm. Oprah was going to call me and it was going to be like <laughs> a ticker tape parade. And I was, you know, looking for my confetti, right? Like, because I stepped out on faith, right? Mm-hmm. I did the big leap and doing the big leap is just step one of a hundred of a thousand of a million mm-hmm. steps. Um, and so it, it, the reason why I say that is because it takes so much courage. It takes so much energy. It takes so much faith to be able to make that first step. And I think many people are expecting that that first step is the, the easy, the hardest step when it really is just the first step right. of many hard steps. Right. That's just so, so true. And, and I love this idea. And, it, and this is a theme for both of us for mm-hmm. the last eight years that that we've been talking about this topic, this theme that sometimes things just appear, right? The same thing Mm -hmm. happened to me. I sent it. I decided that I was going to start contracting. I sent email out to people I knew. And within an hour or two, I got an email back from Regan Ebert, who at the time was uh, vice president in marketing over at what was Snapple Dr. Dr. Pepper, Dr. Pepper Snapple Group, and is now Keurig Dr. Pepper. And and she had me working in her offices within three days. And just, it same. just happened. Um, no, and, uh, same thing. Yeah. yeah there was yeah. there was no real 
there was wasn't a lot of work on my part to kind of get this first client and they're still I still work with them they're my largest client I've been my client for for the eight years that I've almost eight years I've been in business and it just sort of happened that way and and yet at the same time there's so many misses like you've said right so how many times have you and I sat in a room talking about let's do a strategic plan for our businesses <laughs> how are we going to grow how do we get new clients how do we figure new ways out how many times have we strategized on steps to a chef and brainstormed new product lines and new things right. it's a constant of surprise and delight mm-hmm. and misery and dread <laughs> <laughs> no and and that's the thing and it's there's this saying about you know uh stay ready so you don't have to get ready right mm. and so a lot of the times all of those things it feels like you're just working but it's sometimes when you get those opportunities it's only because you've put out the energy of doing mm. the thinking of being ready i truly believe because same thing happened to me i sent out the email and i was and literally exact same thing hours later I got an email from um Elena Cotton at Samsung she hadn't even seen the email that I sent out it was just just so happened that she was ready when I was ready synchronicity it was synchronicity right and so I think that there's a combination of you know art and and science and magic and and hard work that is really um challenging to explain and sometimes um you have to lean in what's leaning into you but in between, you have to, you know, do the strategy planning and do the thinking mm-hmm. through. And it's funny because we are strategic planners, right? <laughs> right. This, is, this is the service that we offer other people. But for <laughs> right. whatever reason, doing it for ourselves. This is why we are yeah. in each other's lives, right? right. Doing it for ourselves is a, is a challenge. But, sure um, but having, having that group, having that person, having that, um, that accountability partner and that you know, business bestie in your life to help, you know, move you through all of those things are important because it's going to be a combination of, of, of grueling hard work and surprise and delights, as you say. Yeah. I, I think this is an important point to, to talk a little bit more about, and that's the, the network and the support and, and how you lean into those around you um, to help you make it through. And I think obviously you and I have been critical to each other. I don't think, um, you know, if I'm being very objective about it, neither one of us probably would would be quite as successful right now if it wasn't for (laughs) the other person, not because either one of us have given each other work, but because we've had this sounding board of somebody there to say, no, you're crazy. That's not what you should do. Or stop doubting yourself. Just jump, girl. You got this, right? Just having <laughs> that, having that other person and, and really. Or you're thinking too much. <laughs> let's, let's simplify. Which is very, yes, yeah. which is very common for us. Yeah. Right. And that, that has come up with other guests as well. And, and, you know, we're talking about each other, but we, there's a lot, there's a, a broader network beyond ourselves of yeah. other people that we tap into. Uh, some of our other guests have talked about hiring business coaches, other people lean into their significant other or their partner partner. Um, and, and there's a lot of ways that you do that, but it's such a critical part of any success that you think you're going to have is those people that are in your universe that are helping you move forward and keeping you sane. Listen, um, I am here only because of my community. Mm. Um, I'm only here because of the people that I've built relationships with over the years. Um, I am the proud recipients 
of great mentorship, <laughs> great coaching um, from some brilliant people that we've been able to connect with. Mm -hmm. And I'm grateful for all of those. Like, I believe that every, um, every entrepreneur needs accountability partners and they need a tribe of fellow entrepreneurs. But I also believe that we need the people who are still connected to corporate America, right? And so um, probably 100% of my business um, for Hatch Venture Group has come through referrals and networking Same um, here. and yeah. relationship business building. Right. Um, and, and, and I am better at that than I am at social media and, <laughs> and doing right. all the other things. And so, um, no, I think the, there's kind of different buckets of, of, of how I've been able to leverage and, and connect to my community. One of which is, you know, what you and I just talked about, which is that accountability partner, the person who keeps you uh, in check and the person who you can brainstorm with mm -hmm. and say, hey, listen, I'm having this challenge with this client and I'm not sure how to deal with this. Can you, you have any advice? Or man, I need, I need to get out there and hustle um, yeah. and get some more clients, right? Because that in-between is, is serious, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, and then you, listen, you've come through for me and saying, you know what? I, I can bring you in on this project with me, you know? And, and that was huge, you know, and being able to do that because it introduced me to a new client. And so um, I, I think that that is a, a, a critical part of being in, in it. And managing those relationships and having the lunches, you know, and this, and this is fine line because you, talk, you and I talk about that all the time, right? There's people who you have natural relationships with and those are easier to lean in on. And then those like those relationships, you kind of have to put yourself out there and yeah. kind of have those lunches. Right. I think both of those are important, right? To kind of, because uh, in the entrepreneurial world, the best um, advantage you have is being top of mind. And so how do you stay top of mind with people? And to us, I think it's just really about managing and nurturing those relationships. And um, like I said, that's something that I'm comfortable with. So it's the, it's the first group of you know, accountability partners. Then there's mentors, right? I've had great mentors that um, have advised me throughout the years. And some of those mentors are peers, right? And some of those mentors mm -hmm. are people who are more senior. And some of those mentors are people who are more junior than you. Like, you've learned to um, break down those walls of title and experience and you realize you get insights from so many people mm -hmm. and inspiration for so many people. And then there's the people who bring you in on those projects, right? Those are the people who um, are, are your biggest advocates and saying, you know, we're going to work together and I want to make sure that we get a chance to work together. And so my network has come through on so many of those different levels. And I'm super grateful for for it. And um, I rather spend time nurturing those relationships and, and figuring that out versus uh, trying to figure out how to <laughs> do a, a click funnel or, you know, all those other yeah. things you see on, on social media that you're supposed to do as an entrepreneur. But let's talk a little bit about that. If we can transition a little into, you know, the, the businesses that we have, and, and maybe let's pause as, as background, just quickly talk about, um, the businesses we have, because, mm -hmm. you know, we, we left our corporate careers, made these tough decisions. Uh, for me, it was, I'm going to jump into, um, contracting and, and I want to talk in a second about how that business has evolved over the last seven or eight years. Yeah. But I also, over the course of that time, 
uh, started a second business. I, I launched a company called Dual Language Family, where I was creating yep. um, experiences and trips for families with kids who were who were learning Spanish so that the language was less about homework and it was more an experience really part of um, how they're growing up because that is just personally important to me, a little bit of a passion project. Um, and so, uh, you know, for me, a lot has happened in that time and my contracting work has turned into what is now really a full-fledged consulting agency, but there's a lot that happened in between. And what I, I want you to tell us a little bit about the, the two businesses you have, and then let's talk about, then tell us about how your, particularly your consulting has sort of evolved and, and all of these things that we've had to learn together mm-hmm. about what we offer the world and, and what works and what doesn't work and just the challenges of that process. So, so jump into that a little. Yeah, sure. So, um, as you mentioned, I have two companies, um, I have Hatch Venture Group, um, and it started, um, I have Hatch Venture Group and it started as, um, it's, it's kind of very similar, right? So it was whoever wants me, <laughs> I will work with them. And, and I was lucky to have, um, you know, Samsung to be, you know, my first client. And I worked with them for nearly for a year. And it was pretty much in a, in a contract role where I was coming in and, uh, you know, had the benefit of working with someone who, I have experience working with before. And so we were able to connect on, you know, what they needed me to perform at that time. And so that's what I did. I did strategic work for them and, uh, and filled in, um, in some kind of strategic hotspots for them, for the organization. Um, and then once that was over, it was time to kind of say, okay, you got this really great opportunity. What's, you know, what's next? And I spent the time after that trying to define, okay, well, what is this Hatch Venture Group? You know, you just kind of landed into this space, but how do you want to define it? And it was interesting because at first I was so set on defining myself as a marketer Mm. because that was my background. I mean, if you remember Mm -hmm. when I told you I got Mm -hmm. laid off from GE, one of the challenges I had in finding a new role was I wasn't, I hadn't defined myself, my expertise. And so I spent all this energy and effort of um, getting clarity around being a marketer, I wasn't ready to let that go. And so I was continually to describing myself as a brand strategist. Now, as much as we think brand strategist is clear, it is not. (laughs) As we've learned. As we've learned the hard way. (laughs) Exactly. So I'm like, well, I'm a brand strategist. This is what I do. That was not um, what was needed to position myself into identifying what specific value that I bring. Because there's a lot of people who consider themselves brand strategists and they offer different services and have different capabilities. So it wasn't a good articulation as to what my unique positioning was. And I spent a lot of time, I mean, you spent a lot of time. Mm-hmm. Trying. I remember we would go through these exercises and we would type things up, well, how is this? How does this sound? Mm-hmm. Is this my different point of differentiation? Right. And so as you're in this process of, trying to, you know, get clients, the necessity of defining your value and your unique proposition is critical. And again, we do this for a living. We do this for our clients all the time, but for whatever reason, defining it for myself was a challenge. And so it just happened that through a series of conversations, um, my husband being one of them, um, you know, we were talking and I said, well, I tell people what to do to grow their business. (laughs) 
And he Mm -hmm. said, say that. (laughs) Done. (laughs) Done. Right. Just tell people that. And I realized that I had to get out of my own way in defining myself using all this fancy speak and just get to the simplest articulation of what we what I value, what value I bring to the table. And so that happened, like I'm saying this in a couple of minutes, but that was over a few years mm-hmm. of, you know, trying different projects, working on projects that weren't really a fit. And I was trying to figure out, well, how, how can I get to a better fit of, of the types of projects that I want to, to do? I knew I wanted to be more of an agency than contracting. We talked right. about that as well. Um, and, and how do I build that out? And so um, the first opportunity where I was able to get clarity and definition was doing the project with Bean Foods, right? Mm-hmm. Doing that uh, innovation summit. And um, it was uh, it was a great experience because that's when I realized that not only do I help people see the future, but I can bring the right people to the, t- um, to the table um, to help um, create experiences to help them see the future. And um, that's when I eventually evolved and say, okay, it's not about brand strategy. It's really about growth strategy. Um, and, and really is about growth and innovation. And it really is about growth innovation for new ventures. And so it was just through a series of failed attempts to pitch myself to companies through successful projects, um, through conversations that eventually got to the fact that I'm really good at helping people Hatch New Ventures, right? That is essentially what Hatch Venture Group does. And so I've been able to evolve um, this idea of being this brand contractor strategist to being a uh, full-fledged agency where I bring in resources and solutions to help companies identify the next um, opportunities for growth. And that could be through innovation. That could be through new business models. Um, and that, but that's a, a good tie into what I'm really good at and what I really mm-hmm, love to do, mm-hmm. um, and still bring in my kind of background and expertise within marketing and brand strategy. So, um, that was kind of the path, but that took me six yeah. years right, which <laughs> to is, get to that place, right? Which is exactly what I wanted to get to and kind of articulate is that, um, you know, what I think, what I think of myself pre-leaving Frito and I think of people who approach me and have this conversation with me I think we imagine that you leave the company and poof you got a company you know exactly what you're doing you get all these clients things are it's just sort of clear cut or and for or some at people least, it is I was gonna say or at least <laughs> that you hope that it's gonna be that yeah and and for some people it is but for some of us it's still a learning path. It's still it's a an evolution. And in the end, the entire path was worth it. In the end, the entire evolution made sense. It worked for both of us. It, like you, I started out, as I said, I just thought, I'm just going to go contract and let me just see what happens. I don't know. Maybe <laughs> nobody's going to hire me. And in three months, I got to get a job. I have right, no right, idea. Right, right. However, I'm ready to take this jump and make this leap. And, and I'm thankful that I did that. Like I said, um, at the time, uh, Dr. Pepper, Snapple Dr. Pepper Group, now I can't even remember what <laughs> which way their name was because they've changed their name since. But <laughs> I decided to jump ship and, and do that and, and start the work. And and for several years there, I really was just doing contracting, traditional contracting. And, and maybe we 
we sort of jumped ahead for some of our, our listeners, maybe don't know what we're talking about. We obviously you heard Toria talk about what she specializes in now. We're we're brand management strategists. We work in, in marketing, which means a lot to a lot of people. We are talking about strategy, the kind of marketing that leads to the work you see in the world, the strategy that leads to advertising, the strategy that leads to new products, that leads to innovation in the world. That's what, what really what we do. And, and I was fine and it was working great for me for the first couple of years, but I kept having this nagging feeling. There's more, there's more that I can offer. There's more that I can do. And slowly my business sort of started to evolve. I started to offer more services. I started to do more discrete projects and bringing value that was greater than a dollar tied to an hour. That was really mm -hmm. about more to bring to the table in a way that our clients aren't able to do for themselves. And in the last really two years is where I think that my business has really started to solidify around uh, doing agile innovation uh, in a way that is unique and different from what most companies, at least like the clients we work with, which is primarily, at least the clients I work with, which is primarily food and beverage, uh, Fortune 1000 companies or mid-sized companies in a way that they're not doing today. And and that was a process. It was a process to get to that. I didn't wake up one day and say, poof, That's I know right. exactly what I'm doing. Just like for you, I had to spend a lot of time thinking about what is the value I'm offering? How do I do this in a way that's unique and different than others? Um, and how do I over-deliver? Because as we've talked about this a lot, it's so important for me to deliver more that I never can do enough. It always seems like I'm trying to do more than, than sometimes even what I'm, what I feel like I'm probably able to do, but that's important to me. And that was part of the control that I wanted in making this change and, and having the control to say, I know the way that I want to work and the way that I want to operate. And, and this entrepreneurship has allowed me to do that, but it has been an evolution, step by step by step by step to get to a place where I can now say that I own an innovation agency, an innovation consulting agency. That's a little bit of a different thing than what I was doing seven years ago. And, and it took me a while to get there. And I think the point in this portion of our conversation is that we're always learning and we're always evolving. And for those people that are watching us and, and seeing us in our success, whether in a Facebook or in a conference room or maybe now on a Zoom call, <laughs> it may seem like, wow, she quit her job and poof, she's doing amazing. She's got this agency and she's doing great. Listen, it's I tell road. people, I have people come to me all the time who are looking to leave their corporate careers. And I tell them, I'm saying like, let's be clear that you are wanting to move towards this versus wanting to leave something behind because there's a difference between wanting to leave behind what you were doing versus wanting to move towards, um, you know, the path of entrepreneurship, because um, I tell people all the time, it was the, the best stupidest decision I ever made because I had no clue what I was getting myself into um, when I left this really great lucrative career to go into this like space of the unknown. And unless you're prepared to, you know, emotionally, spiritually, um, you know, and, and financially to be able to do that, you know, you got to be very clear about what your intentions are. And I think that's the key difference. I think 
the thing that's guided us through these ups and downs and these, these moments of, of lack of clarity was this intention, this powerful intention to wanting to make sure that how we were spending our time and the environment and the people we were spending our time with and was how a reflection. We, and how we show up in the world. And how we show up in the world was aligned to who we were and our values and who we wanted to be as people. Mm-hmm. And that manifested itself into being an entrepreneur, right? And I think that's the key difference is it, for us, at least, right? It wasn't right. like, I want to be an entrepreneur. I want to have my own agency. It was, this is how I want to show up in the world. This is how I want to show up for my family. And entrepreneurship gave space for that. Absolutely. And I think that has been a blessing and a curse, right? Because we weren't always committed to this path of, you know, being the CEO as much as we were on the path for showing up um, and, 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 and putting our talents, making our talents and our capabilities available to those who needed it, making sure that we had the right time and energy and space for our family and making sure that we were authentic to who we were. That's a very different path than the person who's saying, I want to run a multi-million dollar business. I want to be CEO of, of a, you know, this size company. Because those are different drivers. And if you are that, and if that what drives you, go for it. But just know that that path is going to be different than the path of someone who starts based on an intention of, 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 of showing up um, a certain type of way versus the intention of creating and leading this business. Yeah. And so, you know, as we get here to start kind of wrapping up this episode, I do want to talk though about the upside of all this because for everything we've just talked about and all the challenges and the difficulty and the hard work and the long nights and the the self-doubt and the sometimes (laughs) of not having work and the the risk of your income and your insurance and all of these things that really should be scary to people this point you've made about intention and desire that we had has resulted in I would say for both of us, the best decision that we've ever made and really the right decision for ourselves and for our families. Um, And I wouldn't take it away for for anything. I have no intention to going back to corporate America. I don't know what the future holds, but right now I don't see that in my future. and And I'm happy where I am. And I have built so many incredible relationships, not just through the network you talked about earlier, you spent a long time talking about, which has been so important and valuable, but the clients themselves, the number of people we've worked with, the number of businesses we've touched and been able to be a part of, um, you know, it's, it's a little stressful, not stressful, but it's a little um, nerve wracking, I guess, working on innovation because it takes so long for you to see the output of your work in the marketplace. Mm-hmm. But you immediately can feel the success that you bring to the table and the energy that you give to your clients when you're in meetings with them, when you're wrapping up projects. Um, I've just been so overwhelmed by the, the positive energy, the positive feedback, the great work that I can do, and even the, the little things that mean so much, the flexibility of being able to drive my kids around everywhere they go, especially now with COVID and, yeah, and being in virtual learning. Listen. So thankful That's for right. so That's much right. of that. And in the end, the universe has rewarded both of us that yes. our businesses are financially successful, that 
I am earning more now than I certainly could have ever thought to earn through a traditional career, only because I know I wouldn't have made it up. I was never <laughs> going to be CEO. A CEO is making more money than I am, certainly, but I would never have been a CEO. That right. just wasn't my path. It wasn't a fit for me. So mm -hmm. corporate America was never going to give me the financial success that I have now and that I know I have the potential to in the future. So in every way, this has certainly been the right fit. So for those of you that have made it all the way through the end of this episode and have heard us complaining, not complaining, but talking truthfully about the it's difficulty. Just the realities of the path. Yeah. yeah. And you still hear this, what I'm saying to you now that, that it is, that it is joyful in many ways, that it is valuable to me, that it has lifted me and made me a better person, made me a better strategist, made me a better marketer, made me a better mom. If you hear all of that still and you're still interested in thinking about this path, then there's something calling you and you need to jump up and listen to that and spend some time with your journal thinking about where to go. Would you would you say the same? I would agree. That's why I wanted to bring up the whole note of intention, right? Because I think that once you're starting with the intention of, you know, speaking and being um, who you are and meant to be fully, all of those will... Um, all of those things will kind of manifest itself to support that. And that's exactly what's happened. I mean, we hadn't had a chance to talk about, you know, steps to a chef, right? And mm. so just the reality that now, not only do I have this really amazing- um, And sorry, tell us what Steps to a Chef is. I'm good, yeah, okay, I am. Good. And so um have this really amazing, you know, company with Hatch Venture Group where to your point, I get to work with so many great clients. I get to work in different industries a different corporate, from top corporations, top, Fortune 50 corporations, tech companies to small startups as, as well as um, nonprofit and the philanthropic and community. Um, but I also get a chance to uh, create this business with my son. So one of the things that came out of out of this time was that, um, you know, I love hatching ventures. So uh, what better way to express that was is to start a other than starting a business with you know, with my family and figuring out how to integrate, truly integrate my personal passions, which is my family and, you know, my professional capabilities. And so um, my 12 year old and I started this company called the Steps to Chef, which is all about empowering kid leadership through uh, cooking. And so, as I mentioned, one of my uh, passion and purpose points is around being a champion of potential and who has greater potential than children, right? No one has greater potential um, than children. And so how do you nurture that? And we found that cooking is a really great uh, space to help kids nurture their sense of independence and self-sufficiency. And so um, we were able to create this business. And, you know, while there's challenges in both spaces of running two businesses and trying to figure out what role we want this, these opportunities um, to play in our lives, it's been amazing. Like at the end of the day, I get a chance to uh, work with my family in a powerful way that is not only, um, you know, bringing amazing opportunities and experiences that we can have together, but it's also laying a, an amazing financial um, groundwork for us for the future as we're thinking about generational wealth, et cetera. And so talk about fulfilling intention, right, of being mm -hmm. the best professional that I can be and being the best um, parent that I can be. 
And um, all of that is just a byproduct of listening to those voices, um, even though you may not know where it's going to take you. So, mm-hmm. you know, you are a board member of the Steps with Chef. And so you've sure seen a proud the vision, board a member. Proud board member <laughs> that's right. Um, and you've been with us every step of the way, literally every step mm-hmm. of the way. You can see your children in our videos that's <laughs> right. and in our website. And um, and, and it's been a journey. And so, you know, wow, not only do I get a chance to work with my family, but I get the chance to work with some of my closest friends and we get to build something together. And, and it's all through listening and setting those intentions and following the voices, even though you may not know where it's taking you, because it mm-hmm. really will land you and lead you um, to some beautiful places. So on that note, we need to find a time to schedule our 2021 strategic planning session. That's right. That's right. <laughs> so exactly. we can think about what comes next, because as we've said, it doesn't stop. We keep focusing on our business and trying to think about how do we keep growing bigger and better. And uh, and I'm so glad that you were able to be on, on this podcast with me. You're always a champion of mine, and I appreciate you, you for that. Love you so much. Love you to death. You Love are my death. sister through and yes. through. So I, I am so thankful for you. And so before we wrap up, please, Miss, would you tell us how we can get in touch with you both at Hatch Ventures and at Sepsul Chef, please? Yes. So um, I can be found, of course, on LinkedIn with, at Toria Frederick. Um, you can connect with me on um, Instagram at Toria Frederick, as well as reach me at my website, hatchventuregroup.com, where we help um, companies and organizations hatch their next new big idea and next new venture. Um, and the Steps to Chef, you can actually reach us multiple places. Um, one, of course, is all social media platforms, Facebook, Instagram, t- Twitter, um, Pinterest, um, using the handle at StepStoolChef. Um, you can also find us on an app called SideChef, where we have the Steps to Chef cooking school for kids and you can sign up for side chef premium and get access to wonderful content and recipes and lessons led by kids for kids um and you can also find us on our website steps to chef.com fantastic thank you my my friend thank I love you my you. sister i love I you appreciate you this is fun Thank you so much for joining us on this episode of Fork in the Road podcast. I hope you enjoyed listening to this as much as I enjoy recording it. And if you found any wisdom in our conversation today, please do us and your friends a favor by sharing this episode. Help us reach even more women by liking and reviewing this podcast wherever you found us. And be sure to follow us on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. Until next time, thank you so much for listening.